Welcome back to lesson six, emotional mastery. This lesson is gonna have the greatest impact on you literally choosing how you feel. In fact, there's three things that impact how you feel at any moment in time. We're gonna talk about all of those in this lesson. I hope you got so much value out of looking at that kind of menu of how to reframe challenges. This is gonna go even deeper. So let me ask you a question. Have you ever found that because maybe you were living in fear, trying to be perfect in some way, shape or form, you kind of held yourself to almost what felt like too high of a standard to where you couldn't actually complete what you wanted to complete. And then because you got so overwhelmed and so overloaded, you chose a limiting action or a limiting behavior like TV or fighting with someone or maybe overeating or drinking to kind of interrupt that pattern. And then you felt guilty about that. And then because you felt guilty about that, you tried to be perfect at it again. It's called a crazy eight. And it's actually really, really common. I'll share a couple of examples from my life because if we learn how to master our emotions, these type of things don't hold us back nearly as much. So an example from my life, I remember one time I was following a nutrition plan and I wanted to follow that nutrition plan perfectly. And so I did, I followed it perfectly. But here's the thing about perfection. The human nervous system can't take that much emotional abuse. Perfection is abusing yourself on a regular basis because no matter what you do, it won't be enough. It guarantees pain. It's the lowest standard we can set for ourselves. We think it's a high standard, but it's actually the lowest standard. And so we set this standard of perfection. And so we go after it as much as we can. And since the nervous system can't take it, it needs to interrupt that pattern. This is what I did when I tried to follow a nutrition plan perfectly. I would go after it with everything I possibly could. And I had to do it perfectly. But what I found was that I'd be a few weeks in and I get so overwhelmed by having to follow this that I found limiting behaviors came up and I just caved and I would eat an entire pizza. And I remember going and eating that entire pizza and in the beginning it feels so good. And the reason is because you're out of that perfection pattern, but then that has consequences. I would start to feel lethargic and sluggish and down. And then what happened was after I ate that pizza, I felt so guilty that once the pizza digested, I went to the gym and I burned off on the treadmill the exact amount of calories that I had consumed in the pizza. And then the next day, try to be perfect with my nutrition again. And it was this back and forth, back and forth where I never actually made progress on my fitness journey. Say another example is when I was in the network marketing space, this is almost a decade ago at the time of this recording. When I was in the network marketing space, I was saying, you know what, I'm gonna send 100 cold invitations a day, which by the way, doesn't work anymore. Worked 10 years ago, does not work anymore. The customer is way too sophisticated now. Anyways, that's beside the point. But I said I would send 100 invitations a day. And I remember holding myself to that standard, doing everything I could because I felt significant when I did that. And so I did everything I could to do a hundred invitations a day and I would do it for a couple days, but then because it became so overwhelming, what ended up happening was I interrupted that pattern. And what I found was myself on the couch, feeling sorry for myself with my laptop staring at me, watching friends reruns, binging microwave nachos, downing a bottle of wine at 11 PM, knowing I got to get up early the next day. And I'm getting in this depressed state, but then also pissed off at myself that I'm depressed. And then what happened was I started to feel guilty about that. And so I felt guilty about it. So I was like, you know what? Next day I'm gonna do 200 invites. And the cycle continued. It was like this back and forth of perfection, guilt, perfection, guilt, perfection, guilt. Has that ever happened to you? What would happen if you knew how to interrupt pat uh, patterns like that? Or if you go from anger to hurt or perfection to guilt or sadness to shame, whatever your pattern is of back and forth, we all have these crazy eights. 
whatever your pattern is, what if you had something that could interrupt that so that you could literally choose something to make you feel alive no matter what happens? That's what we're going to talk about. So what I'm going to teach you is called the triad. I learned this from, I want to say it was an Unleashed the Power Within event. It was 10 years ago. I don't remember exactly where I learned this. But there are three things that control how we feel at any moment in time. The first thing that controls how you feel, where you can literally choose your emotions so you can have emotional mastery. So when you're going after these big visions, you can maintain that steady constant. The first thing is your language. Your language. Write this down. Words matter. In fact, write this down. The words you use to describe your experience become your experience. The words you use to describe your experience become your experience. Now, what does that mean? The way you describe something has weight to it. Words carry power. So what you say about your situation casts a spell on your life. That's why they call it spelling. Ha! Get it? <laughs> That's why they call it spelling. No, but seriously, the words that you, that, that you use cast a spell on your life. Think about this. If I say the word, I'm so, the word, I'm so overwhelmed, that carries emotional weight, and then I end up feeling that way. But if instead I say, you know what, I'm a wee bit perturbed, right? And I'm just a wee bit perturbed today. Then what happens? It gets lighter. So we need to take a look at how we are using our language because your language patterns carry emotional weight with them. In fact, how do you typically describe how you're doing? If I were to ask you, how are you on most days? What do you respond with? I'm fine. What does fine carry with it? Does it have mediocrity with it? Bored with it? No energy with it? What does fine carry with it? Chances are your life reflects the emotional thermostat of fine. And so if you think about what we talked about with the emotional thermostat, the words you use either elevate that temperature or lower that temperature. So if let's say that you say you're overwhelmed, you can replace it with a wee bit perturbed. If you say, I feel like my cup is empty, you could say, I'm refilling my cup. If you feel like you're drowning in quicksand, you could say, I'm swimming in a splashing in a puddle. If you say my back's against the wall, you could say I'm floating against the cloud. If you say I'm depressed, you could say I'm correcting, right? If you say I'm furious, you could say I'm fascinated. So just changing the words and metaphors you use to describe your situation completely changes the emotional state that you handle that situation with. Words carry power. So take a look and do this in the workbook. Take a look at how you describe how you're doing. Take a look at what emotional patterns that limit you do you get into and what words are you using to describe those patterns? And what if you took the negative ones and you made those softer? Go from overwhelmed to a wee bit perturbed, for example, from furious to fascinated, right? You make them a little bit softer. And what if you took the really good ones when you're feeling in a great state, when you're feeling amazing, and you made them even better? What if you went from I'm doing great to I'm doing fantastic? What if you went from uh, today is a beautiful day to today is such a gorgeous day outside? What if you elevate the good ones and you elevate the bad ones? What would your emotional life look like if you did that? And it's so important to do because words carry power. Now imagine if you're in that state, that loop that we talked about. And when you get overloaded, you change overloaded to, you know what? I'm changing my state. And you describe what you're going to do in a different way. It would change everything. That's the first way that you can literally influence your emotions whenever you want. The second way, and I would argue even more impactful way to impact your emotional state and to literally master your emotions so that you can have that steady constant without the up and down craziness through this journey of creating your vision 
is to change your focus. So number one was language, number two is focus. And we already talked about this when we went through the emotional thermostat lesson. Remember the patterns of focus, how it was an emotional recipe and how you answer those questions will dictate where you are in your emotional thermostat? Same thing here, right? So if you are saying, for example, is the pattern, I tend to focus more on what's missing in my life or what I appreciate in my life. Do I tend to focus more on what I can control or can't control? Do I tend to focus more on the past, the present, or the future? If you think about that, the way that you answer those questions gives you a recipe for what you consistently focus on and whatever you consistently focus on becomes your reality. If you remember, look for red, look for blue from module one. Even if blue is all around you, if you are obsessed with red, you won't see the blue. You won't see the beauty around you. And so your pattern of focus matters. So this is incredibly important because in your life, it doesn't matter what you do. If you are consistently focused on what's missing from your life, you cannot sustain happiness long-term. It's literally impossible. So if you want to master this area of your life, what you need to do is take a look at your emotional thermostat, your patterns of focus and redirect them. So if you're in one of those lower states, ask yourself those three questions. Am I focused on what's missing or what I appreciate, what I can or can't control, or the past, present, or future? And if you just change those dials, you have a very different emotional state almost instantly. Now those two are powerful, language and focus. And if you change language or focus, your whole day can change instantly. If you're in a down state and you switch it from down to excited and your pattern goes from missing to appreciative and from can't to can and from past to future, whatever it is, and you shift those, you'll have a radically different day. Your day will be totally different, but there's one thing that you can do. This is the other pattern of, this is the other uh, part of those three, th three things. Number three is more impactful than the other two combined. This is by far the most impactful way to change your emotions. And it's to change your physiology, to literally change your body. Now, let me ask you a question so you can prove it to yourself. Have you ever had the experience of not wanting to work out? And then you start going to the gym and five minutes into the workout or you start a workout or a yoga routine or whatever it is. And five minutes in, you feel so different. You feel more energy. You feel more excitement, more motivated. Isn't it interesting that motivation is a byproduct of action? Why is that? Because when you act, you get your body into a motivated state from changing your body you are literally changing your biochemistry in your mind. If you ever wanna experience this, have you ever tried fake laughing? Go ahead and do this. Pause the video and I want you to fake laugh. And don't worry about being judged. You're being judged anyways from, from everyone. So just do this because I promise you it changed your life. It will work. Watch this. If you pause the video and I want you to pretend to fake laugh, but with full emotional intensity where you're like, <laughs> Right, like as loud and as much as you possibly can, as intensive a laughter as you possibly can. I want you to fake laugh for 30 seconds straight. Pause me and do it and watch what happens. Did you do it? If you didn't do it, pause me and go back. But you have to do it with emotional intensity. You have to do it all out. Pause and laugh as loud and intense as you can for 30 seconds straight. Now, if you did that, pause me if you didn't do it. What did you notice about 20 seconds in? Did you notice the fake laughter turned into what? Real laughter. Why? Because you changed your biochemistry. When you change your biochemistry, 
by moving your body differently, you literally release different chemicals in your mind, which makes you automatically feel new emotions. Physiology is the change of everything. This is why before every video I film, you probably notice that I'm sweating, because before every video that I film, I blast music, I do burpees, I do high knees. Have you ever had those moments where you're in a really great state and you say something powerful that impacts someone's life and you're like, holy cow, I gotta write that down, that was good. And just kind of comes out of you? It's because you're in a great state. You're in a great energy. But have you ever had those times where you're in kind of a huh, dog in it state? And just trying to do anything feels like really, really hard. It's because your physiology is bad. It's because you are using your body in a disempowering way. In fact, watch this. If I'm to compare, to compare someone that's depressed versus someone that's excited, watch this. The depressed person, where are they shoulder? Where are their shoulders? Are their shoulders slouched or are they back? Where's the depressed person's shoulders? What about their head? Is a depressed person's head up or is their head down? Where is it? What about a depressed person's breathing? Are they breathing fast? Are they breathing shallow? What about a depressed person's eyes? Are a depressed person's eyes up or are they down? What about a depressed person's voice? Is their voice loud and powerful or is it quiet and weak? Where's their voice? Now compare this to someone that's excited. Someone that's excited, where are their shoulders? Are they rounded and slouched or are they back? Where's their head? Is their head down or is it up? What's their breathing like? Is it shallow or is it fast? Their heart beating fast. Are they breathing fast? What about their eyes? Are their eyes down or their eyes up? They're lasered in, right? What about their voice? Is an excited person's voice quiet or is it loud and powerful? So think about that. Interesting, isn't it? Like, I'm not with you, but I'm willing to bet that you said that the depressed person's shoulders were down, their head was down, their breathing was shallow, their eyes were down, and their voice was quiet. And the excited person's shoulders were back, their head was up, their breathing was fast, their eyes were up, and their voice was loud, right? Interesting. Interesting. And if I was in a room full of people, which I hope you come to one of our live events, if I was in a room full of people and I were to ask this, it'd be pretty much unanimous because we've practiced these states, haven't we? We have a highway to pissed off and a dirt road to happiness. So let me just say something very clearly. These limiting emotions aren't something we experience. They're something we do. If you look at it that way, it gives you the ultimate power because you no longer have a way out of facing what you fear. You realize you are in total control of how you feel at any moment in time. So let's do one exercise to really lock this in. I want you to go ahead and close your eyes. Close your eyes. And I want you to imagine that you are at the concert of your favorite artist. Like it's sold out of stadium, your favorite artist. Whoever it is, and if you have multiple, just pick one. You're at the concert and you win front row tickets. And I want you to imagine you go down to the front row and the show's about to start. What is your energy like? What's your body doing? Do it with your body right now. Are you giddy like a little kid? Are you jumping up and down? Are you cheering really, really loud? Go ahead and do whatever you would do. Front row of your favorite concert. And do that with your body right now. Play full out with this. Do it with your body right now. Notice what changes in your emotions when you do this. What do you feel? 
Do you feel more energy? Do you feel more aliveness, more passion when you do this? Now, I want you to imagine the show starts. Your favorite artist comes out on stage. Keep your eyes closed. Your favorite artist comes out on stage. And it's the most incredible concert, like an hour and a half, two hours of just the most amazing music you've ever experienced. And you're just having a blast, going crazy, having one of the best times of your life. Keep your eyes closed and picture this, what it's like. And I want you to imagine that your favorite artist of all time comes down into the audience and grabs your hand and pulls you up on stage and just has you have a blast with them on stage for the closing song. What emotions are you feeling in that moment right now? Now, what happened? Just from closing your eyes, you can open them, by the way, just from closing your eyes and imagining that reality, you had a physiological change in your body. That's the power of vision. Your vision can change your physiology. So if you remember module one, when we focus on the big dreams that we wanted, we wanted to pick a goal that was so scary that when we pictured it, it caused our heart to beat faster. This is why. Because when you pick that dream that caused you to literally picture it in advance and visualize it so big and it's amazing, that example of our business and the $100,000 a month goal that we had and all this stuff, if you picture that and, and you feel it in your body, right? It changes your physiology. So if you combine the vision that excites you with literally moving your body differently like the laughter or like doing burpees before a recording session like this. You automatically have different emotions because you're living in the feelings of your wishes. And when you live in the feelings of your wishes, then what happens? Everything changes. So if you change your language, your whole day changes. You change your focus, your whole day changes. You change your physiology, your whole life changes. You do all three of these at once, Anytime you have a limiting pattern show up, you are now in control of how you feel at all times. You literally get to choose. That is emotional mastery. You literally get to choose how you feel at any moment of any day. This is something that 99% of the world won't subscribe to, but you are different because 99% of the world finds significance from having challenges, don't they? You get to be one of the few that sets themselves apart and handles any storm that comes their way because they're going to use it. You're going to use it instead of getting used by it. Now, here's the thing. Let's just make sure and cover one very important piece. I want to introduce a concept. By the way, wasn't that cool? That was pretty cool, right? So I want to introduce a concept called triggers. We talked about this in lesson five a little bit. Triggers are subconscious automatic habitual responses to something that's happened before. In fact, if you think about what a trigger is, because everyone has triggers. Like, have you ever had that person that calls you and the phone rings and just seeing the phone ring makes your blood boil? Like, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to deal with this right now. And your whole body just kind of tenses up when that person calls. That's a trigger. Or maybe it's something that happens with your spouse or your kids. That's a trigger. So what is a trigger actually? It's a subconscious emotional response to something. But I want to take it a step further. If you are triggered by anything, that is a sign that there's a part of you that has not healed. It's a sign there's a part of you that's holding it in your heart and you haven't let it pass and expressed it. And so we want to identify what these triggers are. If you take a look at what triggers you to be in a lower emotional state, what triggers you to go to worry, what triggers you to go to anger? And you can use all these tools I've given you. But what would happen 
if you intentionally retrained that, what if you made a promise to yourself that, because you know this is gonna happen. Let's say that it's a talk with your dad and having a talk with your dad makes your blood boil. What if you made a promise to yourself that you have a call with him, let's say on Saturday, and on Saturday, you make a promise to yourself that when that phone rings, you're gonna jump up and down and get excited and get passionate, play your favorite song, do burpees, do high knees, change your focus, change your language, change your state, change your physiology. Remember the example of negative people from lesson five. You literally get into an excited state when it's about to happen. Guess what will happen? You start to associate him calling with positive emotions, which means that you show up in a better state, which means that you can elevate his state and you allow those things to heal. You can literally retrain yourself for your triggers to trigger happiness. So in the workbook, I want you to take a look at what are your top five negative emotions that you feel? And what are your top five positive emotions that you feel? And I want you to ask what triggers all of those? And for the negative ones, we're gonna retrain the triggers where you're gonna choose a physiological state and maybe some focus in language too but you're gonna choose a physiological state to go into, something you're gonna actively do with your body when that happens, so that you can literally train that trigger to be something positive for you. And if you take a look at the five positive emotions, you're gonna also pick ways to train new things to make you feel those emotions. That's what we're gonna do in our workbook today. Isn't this cool? This is what sets you apart. This is what will make you change. This is changing your state. When I say changing your state from now on in this program, I'm referring to changing your physiology, your focus, and your language. If you're in that pattern of perfection, guilt, or anger, hurt, or sadness, shame, whatever it is, if you're in that pattern of trying to be perfect and then feeling guilty, interrupting with a limiting pattern, when you're trying to be perfect, you can interrupt it by changing your state. Then you don't have consequences. Then you don't have guilt and you get back to doing an amazing job and it doesn't affect you nearly as long. You don't go into those days of watching TV feeling sorry for yourself. You interrupt it right there and then. This is how to set yourself apart and build consistency and momentum instead of being consistently inconsistent. Does that make sense? So make sure you do the workbook exercise from today. Share your greatest takeaways in the private community that's there for a reason for you to meet people on this journey with you. Ask questions in office hours and don't wait until you have an answer from me to ask your question in the group or before continuing because remember, it's motion, physiology. Motion creates clarity. Motivation is a byproduct of action, not the other way around. You act first, that's where you get the feelings. So motion creates clarity and always remember, you're just one insight away from a radically different life. I'll see you in the next lesson.